Welcome to All Power to the Developing, a podcast of the Eastside Institute. I'm Lois Holzman, co-founder and director of the Institute, and I want to tell you where our title comes from. The Institute is a center for social change efforts that reinitiate human and community development. We support, connect, and partner with committed and creative activists, scholars, artists, helpers, and healers all over the world. Way back in 2003, Institute co-founder, the late Fred Newman and I, had a paper published with the title, All Power to the Developing. This phrase captures how vital it is for all people to grow, develop, and transform emotionally, socially, and intellectually, if we are to have a shot at creating something positive out of the intense crises we're all experiencing. Our hope is that this podcast series will show you that far from a slogan, all power to the developing is a loving activity, a pulsing heart in an all too cruel world. Hi, I'm Dr. Jesse Fields, your host for this episode of All Power to the Developing. I'm a medical doctor practicing in Harlem. I'm also a poet, a developmentalist, political activist, and community organizer. Today, I'll be speaking with three veteran Black activists who have each spent over 30 years on the streets, knocking on doors, and building grassroots organizations with and for poor communities of color in New York. They are also all performers. We're going to look at the relationship between their activism and their performance and and explore how combining activism with performance can lead to the development of individuals, of communities, and of the world. Thecla Farrell is an operations, operations manager for the legal department of a major international bank and is a member of the board of directors of the All-Stars Project. She has been an activist and organizer since 1987. She performed on stage in her first play at the Castillo Theater in 1990. Alan Cox currently works for the National Black Leadership Commission on Health doing COVID-19 contact tracing research. He has been a community organizer since 1984 and has worked as an aide and security person beside Dr. Lenore Falani, the first woman and the first African-American to be on the presidential ballot in all 50 states, starting with her independent campaign in 1988. Allen has performed with the Castillo Theater since 1986 and was a member of its resident improv comedy groups throughout the 1990s. Cheryl Williams has also been a community activist since the 1990s. 
She has had many jobs over the years, but is perhaps best known as the front lobby director at the All Stars Project's Performance and Development Center on 42nd Street near Times Square, where from her post at the front desk before the pandemic, she welcomed all visitors to the All Stars facility and wound up befriending many of them. Cheryl made her theatrical debut on the Castillo stage in 2004. Most recently, she is part of Castillo's house management leadership team, which does the work of organizing and developing Castillo's all volunteer house staff. Thecla, Allen, and Cheryl, in addition to their activism, clearly have something else in common. They have all performed on the stage of the Castillo Theater in New York City and learned from that experience how to bring play and performance into other aspects of their lives. Castillo is a progressive political theater that has been putting on plays and performances for 37 years. It's independent, meaning it's fully supported by those who build it and come to see its shows. It doesn't take government money or rely on foundation grants. Castillo is part of the All-Stars Project, which also sponsors free after-school development programs for young people and uses the power of performance to help children and teenagers and adults grow and develop. Each of our guests working in various capacities with Castillo and the All-Stars Project has played a pioneering role in helping to bring the power of performance off the stage and into daily life as a means of engaging social issues and developing ourselves even as we work to change the world. I wanted to begin by asking Thecla, you played many different roles in helping to build the All-Stars, the Castillo Theater. Uh, you've been a leader of teams and also uh, a graduate of the international class, which is a class of people learning about social therapy and, and developmental approaches to change the world. Um, so my question is, what is the impact or influence of these many, many performances in the development of your life, work, and organizing currently? Thank you, Jesse. Thanks for the invitation to um, be on the podcast. Um, I would say the, the building of the Castillo Theater, which is mostly where I was very active for a number of years and creating Castillo, creating the stage, creating the audience, being on stage, performing characters that I knew nothing about. I learned about baseball, a game I had no idea about. I learned about the history of this country through performances of characters. I played Carmen Miranda. I, through all of these actions, there was some, there was some very particular things that became very central to my life that I now use and carry everywhere. Um, the opportunity to perform as who I was and who I was not. Um, to perform a character, this the opportunity to be someone who isn't trained in theater, 
and be on the same stage with people who have like huge um, CVs of theater work. I learned through all of these activities of building the theater that we humans can create our lives. We, We are the people who use whatever you have at hand to create the next moment that performance being, you will always be who you are, but performing who you're not, performing the other actually gives you access to the other person, to the other way of being, to perform as a professional in a global bank, leading a team of mature professionals, which I do now. Um, So I can say fundamentally, even though I now work in the corporate arena, (laughs) everything I have learned in building the institution of the Castillo Theater and the Osos Project has given me voice to go wherever I want to go as a human. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you. Wow, that's really uh, very rich. Thank you. so I I wanted to kind of introduce, I'm gonna introduce Alan and ask Alan a question that I'll introduce Cheryl and ask Cheryl a question. And then after that, we can kind of mix it up um, and speak further. And I, I do have other, I do have more questions, but um, great. So Alan, given what Thecla was talking about of kind of the impact of doing the work that she has done and with the All-Stars, with the community, with the development community, with the theater. Um, I wanted to, to ask you about, well, let me, let me say some things about um, Alan Cox before I go to my question. So Alan Cox is a leader and organizer of, of independent politics and electoral reforms. And we, he has worked in this arena in independent politics for many years. He stood beside Dr. Lenora Falani, the first woman and African-American who ran for president as an independent and achieved ballot status in all 50 states um, in 1988. And he and I have spent many, many hours together on the streets of Harlem and around the city building the independent political movement. Um, Alan, as well, has performed at the Castillo Theater in many plays uh, from Carmen's Community to Off-Broadway Melodies of 1592. And he takes that uh, performatory skill uh, onto the streets of the community in in terms of organizing and building. Um, And Alan is active, he's an activist in areas of health, public housing, and as I said, independent politics. So my question, Alan, is given that you've spent many years doing community organizing on issues of voting rights and electoral reform, and I know you um, as an African-American man and leader who grew up poor, as I did. I, I know about that from the many conversations that we've had together and how that looked in your life. So I wanted to ask you, what have you found valuable 
in discovering performance and activism. Uh, thanks, Jesse. Um, it's great to be on this podcast with all of you. And I, I've been thinking about that question actually lately. And as Stekla said, I had an opportunity to perform on stage as well as off stage. And there is just something maybe magical about being who you are and who you're not. Um, and the uh, recognition that you can do that. Um, I think that carries onto my street work. Um, and um, I find that this notion of play and performance um, is critical in um, moving beyond yourself. Um, I play this character, uh, uh, Sir Malcolm Muckerex, who was right. this pompous, sedity English aristocrat, someone so much further than who I am. <laughs> um, it was it's really um, incredible, and I loved it, and I had I had fun doing it. And to know that you can go that far beyond who you are, I think it's just empowering. Um, and I think in the community, I I think about the community and our work out there as this uh, stage where we built this ensemble of performers, which people come on to our stage and we invite them to perform, um, be who they are and go beyond who they are. People are going through their normal day, their routine and we give them an offering to do something more. And I think when you think about that as um, a performance, it's, it's helpful um, in um, recognizing that, that you embody that. I think people look at me as um, being of them and somebody who's not them, a leader, political leader. And I think that's helped me tremendously in my uh, position in this uh, committee, the ETE in the uh, HIV epidemic committee, which comprises of uh, doctors and uh, 
people from pharmaceutical companies, from the AIDS Institute. And I got um, elected as co-chair, something way beyond I thought I could do. But I think this feeling of uh, performance helped me tremendously. Um, right. So, I mean, there's more I could say, but I think I'll, I'll stop there. Okay. Thank you, Alan. And, and please say more as we continue with the conversation, um, as we build the conversation. Thank you very much. So I'm going to, so we're going to move on to Cheryl Williams and introduce Cheryl. Um, so Cheryl Williams is an organizer and a performance activist in every way. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Cheryl in different contexts. Um, and she has seen and experienced firsthand the developmental effects of performance activity on people of all ages and including on herself. She is an enthusiastic uh, performer uh, and you know has done a lot of work with the Castillo Theater and the All-Stars and was the the person that that would greet people when they when the All Stars was physically open before the pandemic, she was often the person who would be there greeting people, um, and very welcoming and and uh, as she is this evening, very bright and colorful and coordinated. She's grateful and ecstatic for being able to practice and reinvent the discovery of performance as a way to learn and grow. She's performed on stage and off. Uh, she uh, was in on stage in Billy and Malcolm, a demonstration which has a very long history and a very meaningful play uh, that was, was performed at the beginning of the Castillo Theater and also throughout the years. And also was in the task, um, most recently, uh, the task, a play by the East German playwright Heiner Mueller. And we can talk more about his Mueller's sort of cutting edge political theater and uh, beautiful, dense poetry. Um, so Cheryl, my question that I, I wanted to ask you is that you've performed in many roles, in, including you've been someone who's been very enthusiastic and really a lover of the, the con conjuncture of our work, Fred Newman's work, the Castillo Theater's work and Mueller and our interpretation of Mueller, our performance performances of Mueller, as I said, you performed in the task. So I want to ask you how you see our Mueller productions as developmental experiences, both for the, the performers on stage, which you were one of, and for the audiences, which who, you know, have, were coming to see the plays, multiracial audiences from our communities, from Harlem, Brooklyn, the Bronx, and the very diverse communities of New York City coming together with other people from other walks of life and seeing these incredible performances of Mueller's plays. How do you see that as development? Oh, I, I, thank you, Jesse. I'm, I'm very glad to be here today with you and Alan and Thecla and answer these questions and have this conversation. But I mean, you know that I am such a huge fan of the plays of Heiner Mueller. I mean, at this, I'll tell you guys a little known fact. 
at one point on one of my dating profiles, I said that Fred Newman and Heiner Muller were my two favorite directors. All so, right. Just to say, I mean, you said some about um, Fred Newman already, but let's just to say a little bit more about Heiner Muller. I mean, you said some about him as well, but East German playwright, poet, his work was very dense and complicated. And, you know, given that he was writing about what the world that he saw in East Germany, um, he, he lived through the rise and fall of communism, of fascism, the fall of the Berlin Wall. He saw all of that, you know, and I, as Americans, I mean, we have traditionally have a very narrow view and don't know much about the world outside of what's happening in this country. You know, so there was something that I thought was very, you know, kind of enriching and challenging to hear about something that's happening in another culture, you know, in some ways that is just as brutal and devastating as the culture that we're living through here in America. Um, but in a certain kind of way, you can see that in another country in another culture in a ways that you can't see it where you're living because you feel like, oh, this is how it is here and think nothing of it. Um, and I, I mean, I, I also, you know, love the, the music and the lyrics that yeah. Fred Newman wrote and brought to the Mueller plays to be able to, you know, put questions to music like whoever told you that changing the world could be done without changing yourself. Yeah. I mean, as you're talking about, um, you know, people need to grow and develop. You know, I mean, there's obviously so much is going, let's say, badly in the world. So many people don't have what they need to live a decent life. You need to, we, we all need to find ways to grow and change ourselves if we're going to impact on it. We, we can't be the person that, you know, stands back and say, well, what can I do? Yeah. And I'm not saying that I have the answers for that. But I mean, I think even to be, you know, performers for each other and encouragers of each other and, you know, recognize how, you know, this is hard and let's get up tomorrow and do some more things. Uh -huh. You know, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I, I love what Alan was saying about his work and leadership and, you know, and AIDS now. I might not have the acronym exactly right, but that's that's what I want in the world. That's I, I can count on Alan to be in there in that conversation and tell these doctors what's what and how this should go. I I'm all for it. Performance gives people that. Great. Thank you, Cheryl. So I want to um, throw out a question. I want to pose a question for all of us, and um, we can build with this question. I think, you know, one can't help but be um, focused in many ways on what's happening in the world right now. There's so much happening. Um, structural racism has been more exposed by the disproportionate impact of the pandemic on black people, African-Americans, and people of color in general, including the poor. Frontline workers, Latinx, Native American people um, have been disproportionately impacted. And also the, the uh, more widespread exposure 
of police violence and the extent of it, the frequency of it, the devastating impacts of it. So my question is, what do you think is the role that performance and human development could play in the current efforts to address structural racism and to bring about forward qualitative movement in this very long and painful inequity and history of racism current and in the past, ongoing racism in our country? That's the million dollar question then, Jesse. Yes, I, uh, I think it is. And that's, that is why I wanted to raise well, it. I, I really think, I mean, there's so many ways to approach the question. Um, and one of, the, one of the things I think about is the other. Mm -hmm. So human beings are very, very creative people. We find ourselves in, the exp in social expression in expressing ourselves socially in performing and using our creative tools to do things that we don't know how to do and so on. And I, I can't help but wonder because I've done like about I can't help but wonder what we would do if we all performed the other person oh. or if we all were able to hear the other person, the person that is not your neighbor, that does, is not the person that um, that, you know, grew up in the same street as you, the person who speaks another language, the person who doesn't speak English, the person who is wealthy, and we are able to look at, communicate with, perform the other with, without assuming we know who the other is already. So I don't know the answer, to tell you the truth. I have no idea what the answer is. I do think though that the, the environment and the structures that are in place have to uh, over determining of how we communicate and how we see each other and how we work with each other. So that's that's some i that's something that i have been playing with in my head and i've been you know in since george floyd passed uh -huh. this summer i've gone on to panels talking about this in the corporate environment and nobody has any answers except to try to create an environment where people can hear each other where something new gets created and it might be something really small a new pathway or new new, new neural pathway or a new way of, of of saying somebody's name a new way of respecting each other as colleagues um those that kind of a thing is what i come up with in mm -hmm. the when i dream at night about 
mm. us having going further relative to structural racism in America. I think it's mm -hmm. it's personal and it's political. Like it's it's right here right. at our chests and it's in every every interaction, everything we speak, every social motion we make in the world. Yeah. 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 You know, Decla, I was thinking uh, off of what you're saying about the performance that many of the protesters throughout the world actually are doing. Now, this is, this is, they're performing. Um, I think a lot of them have come out of their kitchens or in rocking chairs or <laughs> uh, boardrooms or wherever they are to make that statement against these uh, structural um, uh, abuses that the, 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 um, the structures that are in place to um, give justice and equality have not worked. And when you speak of the other, I'm moved by a lot of these folks being white people, you know, who might have um, thought about this stuff. Um, but I think people coming out performing beyond themselves have given others um, the incentive and the support to come out as well. I mean, we forced, there was this, um, this football owner that said, anybody who takes a knee in protests of police brutality, I'm gonna fire, you know, immediately. And <laughs> as this movement erupted, um, it forced him to be on his knees, you know, and in 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 protest. So I think it's very powerful. Um, I don't know whether this is the ultimate solution, but I think it it brings us a step closer to, um, as you mentioned, the other, um, because. This doesn't happen in their communities. Um, this is a worldwide movement to support what's going on with people of color and poor people. So um, I'm, I'm very moved and they've been very creative about it. Um, I've seen bicycle brigades, <laughs> um, um, all kind of uh, art display. Um, yeah. Um, elderly people who can't march. I've seen them on, on a 96 and Broadway with signs, stop killing black people and get your knee off my neck. Um, yeah. From the east side to the west side, they, there's a group of white people on the upper um, east side that's held a vigil and march every day since the killing of George Floyd. And ending up supporting other issues of concern in the black community, like the housing issues. So it's, 
I'm very moved by that. And I think that um, it does uh, lend you the, the, the feeling of hope. Right. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe there's a philosophical question because I realize that this is not an, an answer. I mean that the, the, the real question to, to, to ponder and to, to work with, I think is, you know, how do we go forward? And maybe this is raising, I'm asking questions like, you know, like, well, what's the answer? Well, we have to create a way that it seems like, you know, this is a performance gives us a way to work together, to play together, to, to, to change the environment, the structure. Uh, and so here with the three of you, um, I'm sort of raising the, the philosophy of what we're talking about. That's relevant for the moment. So I don't think in this moment, you know, you propose an answer. What does that mean? How does that, that's not going to change you know, somebody says, I, I know what to do, or a candidate says, here's the answer, here's my plan. Well, uh, that, that doesn't seem at all adequate. Um, part, if I could just say, part of what I see as happening, and it's and similar to what Alan was saying, people are being out, the outpouring of people out on the street, they are performing. And I think it also, people are giving expression to questions in a way that haven't been asked well haven't been asked in this type of way how what do we want the world to be like you know i think that's something that people weren't questioning before it's, it was people were more like accepting of, well this is how it is and you know i'm i'm sorry that that's happening to people over there but it's less that there's people over there so i guess i'm also trying to tie that back into what beckler was saying about the other you know, more pe people are more, um, has, there's more empathy or more expressions of empathy or more um, compassion for people from other, you know, walks of life, other, you know, parts of the world even. Um, I think that's part of what's being expressed by the, the millions of people who are out in the street these days. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, I also, oh, sorry. I also was thinking of what you're saying, Charles, is I, I think that one of the, from the, the, some of what Alan was describing, the, acti the actions and the activities, people are experiencing their humanness, that there is a way that the social, sociality of being a human being and standing up for another human being. And, um, and that actually we are really all in this thing called being human being together, the socialness of our, all of our lives oh. um, to me gets really highlighted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, thank you. Thank you all. I, we, we're gonna take a, a break and then we'll come back. The Eastside Institute is a hub for a diverse and emergent community of social activists, thought leaders, and practitioners who are reigniting our human abilities to imagine, create, and perform beyond ourselves, to develop, 
Each episode will introduce you to another performance activist or play revolutionary from around the world. The Institute is independent of government and corporate foundations. Our work is entirely funded by students and supporters. If you would like to help the Institute expand its developmental work, please make a contribution by going to eastsideinstitute.org and click the Get Involved tab, where you can make a donation. Thanks. And now, back to our conversation. We're having this conversation in the midst of the COVID pandemic and the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, of the Black Lives Matter movement in response to the increasing visibility of the ongoing police murders of Black men and women across the United States. One recent murder struck close to home and impacted on me very directly and personally. It was the killing of Walter Wallace in West Philadelphia, where I too grew up black and poor. Wallace was a young man diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He was having an episode and his family called the police for help. When the police arrived, instead of helping Walter Wallace, they shot him multiple times and killed him. Ken performance and play help in addressing emotional pain and crisis, both what Walter Wallace was feeling and the pain and fear we all feel living in this systemically violent and racist society. I'm gonna say so many yes. Thoughts. I'm gonna say yes, it absolutely does. And I mean, somehow, I mean, this, this, there's a line from a play that's always on my mind, almost always. The long-term goal is to turn the world into a playground and reality into an ongoing performance. All right. So yes, it does. Music, play, performance, poetry, music. There's, there's ways that people feel about all of those things that you can't mm -hmm. explain or express to somebody else. And I think the more people know that there's something like that, that they feel some type of way about, you, it's easier to like acknowledge, oh, that is that special thing to this other person. I'm going to let them have their moment or they're in that place where that's what they do and that's what they hear or see. I, I, it's not hurting me. They got to have that, just like I got to have my, my colors and things that rhyme or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, made me think about when I was working at this... Uh, adult day program for people who are, um, uh, have uh, chronic illnesses uh, and substance abuse and um, mental health issues. And I had this um, opportunity to uh, run a group. It, it was originally a, a drama therapy group. And when the drama therapist quit um, because of my theater background, I took it over and started doing improv games, the, the games that we do before um, uh, an improv show. So, you know, the clients were, some of them were very hard to uh, get along with. It was often very unruly and maybe it's, it was, the few opportunities where um, these folks came into a structured environment um, where they had to deal with one another. And, you know, there the potential for fights and some of the people were still getting high and 
um, um, it, it was just very um, chaotic at times. So when I, I started this, uh, you know, people would um, kind of get on other people who maybe didn't smell good or didn't dress well, you know, just people who were deprived. So I organized this, um, uh, this support group. Um, it was called um, Improv for All or something like that. So I would get these people together. Um, it, was, it was a tough thing to do because people were saying, I don't feel good or I don't like this person or, um, you know, who, who are you? You know, you're one of us. You can't, you know, be nothing that, that I'm be interested in. But we start playing these games from a yes and game or pass the ball with a sound. Uh, people who have to mimic the sound, uh, one word stories, one sentence stories. And it forced people to listen to each other, take what they heard and build off of it. And um, really uh, also people acting silly, acting, coming out of there, sometimes tough guy roles and, you know, it really gave people an opportunity to know people the way they don't get an ordinary, ordinarily get a chance to know each other. And a lot of times after the group, um, I didn't, people felt much better. I felt better. <laughs> and I'd also invite the, the staff to come and participate at least once a month because, you know, there was tension between clients and staff. But it, this uh, activity of people coming together and playing with each other, looking ridiculous with each other, um, it kind of broke things up and um, it, it gave you an opportunity to know this person who probably never said a word, you know, um, see them in a different light. And I think it helped people to get become closer uh, with each other. Great. Yeah. I, you know, Alan, oh, boy, I've had that experience. <laughs> had that experience in playing and in improv games. And um, I was thinking about how after you you go outside of yourself and you create something that you didn't even know or you access some part of your history by playing um and you you play like one day one time i was on stage and i was asked to play mobutu sesi seko the leader of the congo and um i i'm from trinidad I picked up this script and I started performing Mobutu and everybody looked at me very askance because I have, I grew up in a country where black, like all the leaders are black men, mostly. And just what they look like, how they talk, how they move is very familiar to me. And so that was really interesting to have people applaud me for playing Mobutu Sese Seko 
somebody, a despicable character. But <laughs> so, you know, there are ways that you could draw upon things you didn't even know were there. History is part of your history through play, things you never touched before. Um, and also, I feel like play gives you the, uh, gives, I've found, gives me the opportunity. I'm so, sometimes I'm so tired of just being the me that walks, gets up and does this, the things that I do every day, the way I do them. And when I play, I feel like I kind of get a, a bit of a, a break from that. So I think mental health, I can see how it's the playing, the sociality of playing, just the things that you can access through playing or imitating, you get to get a break from, from, from this one way of being, mm-hmm. you know, that is, um, that creates a new performance. It acts, you can access a new performance. Um, mm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Malcolm Macarex, for instance. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it made me think about this thing that people often say that I can't do this because it's not me. And you know, being in our environment of play and performance, you know, I say, well, maybe you need to be other than you. And I think the road to that or the vehicle for that is performance. Um, and it, and it's a, like a simple statement that says a lot. You know, be other than who you are. And people wonder, and they, and they you know, they say, oh, okay. Hmm, that might be something to that. <laughs> I feel the whole, as if the whole world has the things that the innovations that we've had in this world, that play must have had a part in, 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 innovation that's because uh-huh. it creates i think unlimited opportunities possibilities when you play that's why i really um when when jesse put together the words performance and activism two of my favorite words palace together um I find that very um, like provocative in the best kind of way, you know, because to me, both of them um, say something about moving forward, taking human species forward, taking, taking ourselves forward without taking ourselves so seriously, but also seriously, seriously not taking ourselves seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some such thing yeah 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 you know i often think about um a thing that malcolm said i mean he said so many great things i mean so way 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 ahead of his time is that you know people ask me who am i and i can't tell them who i am i'm because 
I don't know who I am. I'm always changing. And for me, it's saying I'm always performing, you know, growing and developing. And that's what the communities need to have. And, And I think that we give them, I feel that I'm giving people that opportunity when I, when I'm out on the streets, you know, I'm, I, and this recognition had me saying, well, I'm, I'm going to, to play with the community today. Yes. And yeah, I'm not going to lecture them. Um, I'm not going to speak down to them. We're going to play on our ensemble, our diverse uh, ensemble that we've created with our stage there. And people, I think that they, they see that and they play with us. And <laughs> we, we give them an offering <laughs> and they teach us and it teaches us, gives us direction in where we wanna go. The next time we wanna come out and play together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's probably I think one of the Jesse's first question to me, just to make a full circle here, sorry. Oh, great. It was just this thing about what I'm doing now. And I found myself now very interested in taking people, like growing people through coaching, coaching people to create their lives, to go, go the next place use performance, but that we are creators of our lives. And we have these tools that you can create to open yourself up or take yourself further with, with the support of someone like myself or others in your life. And um, it's, I, you know, I look forward to getting better and better at, at doing that and doing that well with all these performance tools, using some of these tools of performance it's kind of important to me Mm -hmm. in terms of what i'm doing now with Mm -hmm. all of this that we've built Mm -hmm. wonderful that's um kind of the uh one of the heart and soul uh magic of of performance and what you what everybody's talking about in terms of being able to give this to other people. You know, that's what activism is all about, being able to, to make a difference and change, change things, saying we're not satisfied. This is not what we have. The way things are is not what we want. We're gonna do something and we're gonna create something else. We're gonna play, you know, we're gonna go forward. We're gonna come together. We're gonna have fun. Um, we're not gonna be satisfied. And we, we're kind of running out of time. Um, <sighs> been really great to do this with the three of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we can uh, perhaps continue the conversation. Thank you, thank you Jesse, Thakwa, Alan. Yes, I, I really appreciate this opportunity to uh, continue our play with each other <laughs> and inspire us to do it even better, bigger and better in the communities and the places that we work. Thank you. Thank you.